God will make a way in the wilderness. God is always making a way in the wilderness for his people, but we miss it. And you know what? Thank you, dear. You know what causes us to miss the way in the wilderness is murmuring and complaining. Same thing. <laughs> Nothing new. <laughs> Y'all thought I was going to come up with something different. <laughs> the same thing that causes the people in the in the um in the wilderness, the Israelites, they murmured and complained, and this is why he finally was done, because they pushed him, and they went too far. He gave them a chance to, you know, latch on to his ways. He gave them uh, fresh food to eat every day. He didn't give them can this or say save it for tomorrow. He gave them fresh manna from heaven, and they didn't like it. They just complained too much. Amen. So, God, But God is always making a way for his people by doing new things. Amen. He does new things first in his spirit and then in ours. A new thing. Behold, I do a new thing. So he does new things on the inside of our spirit so that we can prepare for it in the natural. God has new destiny for his people but your past don't have to determine your future see a lot of us hang on to what we know i'm guilty too and you know it's just like if you're standing for a marriage let me tell you the wrong thing to do and i didn't know till many many years don't desire the same thing that you had before (laughs) you know how we remember them memories i didn't know that that's what holds your blessing up isn't that something? And I said, and I said, well, God, why didn't you tell me before? You know how we always got to get mad at God for something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who else we go get? And I said, why didn't you tell me this? Because that's what I was missing, you know, my marriage. And so I found out that you don't desire what you had before. And I always wondered why that scripture says, "Behold, I do a new thing. Forget about your past." Amen. Amen. And this is why God will not, now listen to this one, he won't pour new wine into old, into old wines. That's what that means. Desire something brand new. Don't desire what you had. Because what, what's coming is going to be so much better. Amen. And it's going to be fresh, new, new things, new destiny, new hope. Don't desire what you had or what you see your mother had or your father had or your sister has. Desire what God has for you, his plan, his purpose. It's all new. Amen. New destiny. New hope. But your past, don't let your past determine what's coming. And so God is saying change your attitude and stop complaining, stop murmuring, and start fresh and new with what he has for us. Amen. So what do you hear? And this is what the Lord was asking. What do you see? Amen. Do you know God is preparing you for something big? What can you see? What can you perceive? God's preparing. You got to change your focus. Take your eyes off the natural realm and focus on spiritual things, spiritual things of God. 
just say, God, I, I want what you have for me. Although I don't know what it is, and it's a little scary, but I'm expecting it to be great. You know, my expected end. Nobody knows how their expected end is going to be, but it's going to be better than what you had. And see, if we can only let go of the past, and that means past hurts, past past bad stuff too, because your focus determines where you're going, what you think about, where, where's your mind, you know, that anger, that disappointment. See, it can't mix with what God has coming, what he's going to bring. And so we have to learn how to let all of that stuff go, even the good times. You know, the good old days, sometimes I sit up and I say, Dad, I miss the good old days. But God says, but what's coming is going to be better. Amen? Sometimes we expect the good old days. And this, I don't think it's really anything wrong with wanting the good old days because they're good times. But still expect God to say, say, God, I want what you have. I want something better. I want the good old days to look little compared to what's coming. Amen. So you have to get your focus and your thinking like that because God says he's going to do a new thing. Hallelujah. Take your eyes off the natural realm. God is speaking abundance to his people but it depends on what you can hear and what can you see what do you hear and what do you see what do you see in the spirit realm by god god is calling an end to the drought in your life amen god's calling an end to the drought but you have to see it first this is the catchy thing what do you see and what do you hear you got to see what's coming before it comes no you won't know exactly what you're getting but you have to see that it's going to be good you got to expect that it's going to be good amen you got to expect your loved ones praising and worshiping the lord from a vision you know that vision that god gave you people who you least expect worshiping god you got to see them worshiping. You got to see your children delivered. You got to see them being highly respected. You have to see your your marriage restored and your your husband being the head of the family, making all the decisions, doing what's right, being the breadwinner and all of those things. What do you see and what do you hear? You got to hear something from God and you got to see in the supernatural realm, you got to have a picture in your mind. Amen. This is the way it is when God calls a, a, an end to a drought. This is what happens. Something new comes. Restoration comes. Reconciliation comes in the lives of his people. But you got to see it through spiritual eyes so it's like this whatever god has promised you you got to see it can you see it amen the bible says that abundance is coming abundance is here do you yet know it amen so let's go to first kings 18 first kings seeing through spiritual eyes now when you see through spiritual eyes it's none but your faith talking 
Amen. That's your faith. Expecting good to come. Even if you've never seen good come, you ought to have a picture of what good is. 1 Kings 18:41 talks about Elisha and the sound of the abundance of rain. Amen. It says, verse, hmm, let's do 40. And it says, And Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal, and do not let one of them escape. So they seized them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and executed them there. Kill every roach you see. Don't let the devil, you know. War is no place for pity. Amen. Take your eyes off of the natural and put them on the supernatural. And this is what Elisha did, and this is how he won. This is what made him a champion. Verse 41 of Second Kings 18. It says, Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of the abundance of rain. Hallelujah. See, Elijah heard the sound of rain. Amen. Not so much in the natural, but in the spirit of faith, he heard that rain. When God told him, I'm going to send the rain so that Ahab will know that I am the the most high God, Elijah saw it. He saw it by the spirit. Amen. And he saw that rain so much so because he had faith in what his God told him. That he sent his servant out. He says, go and see if you see a rain cloud. Amen. And every time that servant came and said no and gave him an evil report, he sent him back. See, we need to learn how to send the devil back where he came from. Amen. He ain't coming home. He ain't doing, he ain't going to never change. He, see, he ain't going to never leave her. See, when he tell you that, you send that devil back <laughs> with a good report. Amen. I'm telling you. He was listening to the Spirit of God. He wasn't looking at what that man was saying. Because if he, if he had done that, he would never have been the chosen person of God that he was. Amen? Hallelujah. He was listening to the Spirit of God, and he believed what God said. Now, when he sent that servant back, that's when he started to act on what God had told him. He acted on it before he saw the manifestation of it. And this is why that rain came. And we need that kind of faith. Amen. The kind of faith that don't take no for an answer. Amen. So when the devil keep coming to you saying, he ain't going to do this and it ain't going to never happen and you ain't going to never get married, you send that liar right back. As Jasmine say, go back to your, uh, go back to your boss. And tell them that you had failed at your assignment. Amen. Ain't that right, Jasmine? Tell them you have failed. I love it. (laughs) Woo. I just love it. See, childlike faith gets you everything. She was praying for me. I can't remember where it was hurting. Probably everywhere. And she prayed for me, and then she said, Satan, you go back and tell your boss that you have failed at your assignment against Gigi. (laughs) And I couldn't help but I laughed. (laughs) I love it. He failed at his assignment. 
And then it came to me, this is what Elijah was telling that when he said, go back. He said, you go back and tell your boss he has failed on his assignment because I hear the abundance of rain. (laughs) I love that girl. Amen. God brought drought and famine on Israel to show his power to Ahab because he's scared of his evil wife Jezebel running everything chasing chasing true prophets <laughs> I just go to show you she a bad girl amen just want what she want and don't stop at nothing to get it so you know you have to come up with some 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 strong stuff some strong faith <laughs> amen he wanted Jezebel to know his power, and he and really God wanted her to repent before what happened to her was going to happen. He gave he gives all people a chance. I don't care how wicked they are. He wanted Jezebel and Ahab to change their wicked ways, and so he called a drought. And I think the drought was three years, and then he told uh, um, Elijah, he said, "Go prophesy to Ahab and tell him." That is, you hear this, the sound of abundance. And, and Elisha didn't think twice about it. Amen. He went right out and he says, he sent the servant. He said, go and see if you see cloud. Nope. Came and sent him back. Now, how many people would have stopped on the sixth time? I probably would have stopped and beat the servant up. Okay? <laughs> so I rolled. Mm, you know, got to be mad at somebody. Amen. But he kept sending him back the seventh time. Amen. He told him, get ready. God told um, uh, him, get ready because there's going to be a downpour. And I believe with everything within me that that's where we are right now. Amen. Get ready because there's going to be a downpour. And if you angry, you're going to miss it. I'm telling you. It's going to go right over you. Amen. If you are mad at God or if you have unrepented something that you ain't talked about with him, this is not for you. It can be just as simple as repentance and quit being like these people, the Israelites. Because murmuring and complaining, being mad at God is why they died in the wilderness. But see, the Bible says, I'll make a way in the wilderness. So you know God had made a way for them, but he couldn't allow people to come through because negativity, negative attitudes. See, some people think it's okay to have a bad attitude because God don't strike you down. It ain't okay. It ain't okay. I'm telling you. It ain't okay because it will cause you to not prosper. It just ain't. I mean, you know, I wish it was okay, but it ain't okay. And it will cause you to miss the blessings of God. So God sent the prophet Elijah to tell Ahab that it was going to rain, that this this uh, drought was going to end. But God was just trying to show him his power. Amen. Let's read. Uh, Oh, did I read 41? Then Elijah took Ahab, go up and eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance. 42, so Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. 
And then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. What was he doing? And said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. 44, then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out the sea. So he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. (laughs) I love it. 45, now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. And then the hand of the Lord came upon Elisha and he girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elisha had done also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword and see this is what she mad about then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying so let the gods do to me and more and more also if I do not make your life as the life as one of them by tomorrow about this time and when he saw that he rose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat under a broom tree, and he prayed and he, that he might die and said, it is, it is enough. See, he had enough for her because God has showed a great miracle, and still she wasn't going to be stopped. See, in other words, uh, God showed Ahab and Jezebel his power. Well, Ahab actually saw the power of God when it rained and the drought stopped. But he found out that this lady ain't going to stop. So, God, I'd rather you kill me than she kill me. (laughs) And so this is where he was in his thinking. Amen. A man that called rain. And then this this evil demon, you know, he wanted to run from her. And he says, it is enough now, Lord, take my life, for I am not better than my father's. And then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. And then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked by coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank, and he went in the strength of the food 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And so he said, I have been very zealous for the the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I am am left, and they seek to take my life. So you can, um, you know, as we all know, Elisha, I mean, I'm sorry, Ahab and Jezebel, you know what happened to them. See, God is with you. He allow us to get in these situations to see what we're going to do. 
and he don't mean run from the devil (laughs) amen hallelujah because god wasn't done with that situation but if you can call rain and call a, a drought you can do anything you don't have to run from a wicked devil that don't want to bow. They don't want to bow, but they will bow. Amen. They have to bow. They don't want to, and they'll act like they don't, they're not going to bow. So you have to continue to come against that wickedness. Amen. Because they want, most of the things that they do is, is sell wolf tickets and, you know, this kind of thing. So he, you know, this is what God wants. He doesn't want us to back down when it looks like trouble. Amen. And you notice that uh, Elisha got on his knees right after it rained. He didn't gloat and go have a beer, you know, and say, wow, look what. He stayed on his knees. Amen. In his worship position, despite the um, success that he saw. Amen. Hallelujah. So what are you seeing from God's promise? See, when God make you a promise, it ought to paint a picture. Amen? On the inside of you. Amen. See, we have to put our trust and faith in God and his promises. Amen. Put our faith, trust, and hope in God. So what is God showing you? This is what you've got to ask yourself. What am I seeing? What's in the picture? Am I getting a picture from the promise? You need to have a picture. And then whatever that picture is that God has given you, it's not, it's, it's, this is a spiritual thing. This is coming from your spirit, man, not this. Amen. Not platinum weddings. <laughs> I mean, it might be. But there might be a barn wedding for those who like barns. Amen. I'm talking about somebody in here. I'm picking at nobody. They know who they are. Amen. But what are you seeing? And if that's what you're seeing is from God, keep that vision. Keep that vision. Amen. What are you hearing by the Spirit? What is God saying to you? What is he speaking in the spirit realm? You know, God is removing props. That's why it feel like you just can't go on. You know the end is near, but you just want to quit right. Well, God let it be today. It's because he's removing props so that we can discover what we really believe and who are we, we are truly leaning on. God, God don't want this separation. He's lifted the veil and there's still separation between him and his people amen and so god wants to remove all props remove everything that we're relying on especially people so that we can we can understand and know our relationship and get it repaired amen because see this is the only way you get the blessing it can't be separation between you and god and then he blessed you step over into blessing it doesn't work like that because elijah said he was on his knees in worship of god right after a big miracle because he knew in whom he was trusting and believing in 
And so there can't be anything between you and God for that vision to be clear. Sometimes that's why people don't get a vision because there's a veil is still there. It's a man-made veil that's still there that needs to come down. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So we need to get ready for this downpour that's coming by removing, allowing God to remove the props. Amen. Hallelujah. The props are removed not because God wants to be mean to us, but he'll do this so that you'll be rooted and grounded in the right thing, in him and not in man and man's help. Not in false idols. Let's turn to Isaiah 2. Let's go to Isaiah 2. Man-made idols that you don't even know. Sometimes you can rely and depend on people and not even know that's what you're doing. I've heard people say, I just can't do without my friends. They don't know God. Man, and God is a jealous God. They wouldn't say that if they knew God. I don't know where I'd be without my friends. Isaiah 2.12. Every man, the Bible says, every knee must bow, every tongue will confess. you got to know God for yourself. Amen. Hallelujah. Isaiah 2.12. For the day of the Lord of hosts shall come upon everything proud and lofty. So that means whatever you depending on or whatever you think is making you look good god's gonna shake it whether it's your job or whatever it is god is going to shake it well how you know because i i know about the word so and i'm gonna prove it to you in a minute amen all that pride's got to go bad attitude do you know that's a prop that's a prop amen (laughs) i'm trying sister that's a prop bad attitude is a cover that's that's the bulldog so won't nobody nobody bother you so you don't have to love that's a guard dog so you don't have to so you don't have to put yourself in jeopardy in a relationship amen God is coming for that bad boy. Just tell, just get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready. <laughs> it's got to go. Because that's old wine. It's stale and it's sour. And it's got nets, nets in it. And that's what old wine does. And he's going to get that stuff. Bad attitude. Just not letting people in. That's fear. And it's pride. He coming for all these props. Let me read on. So I hopefully I'll convince everybody. <laughs> and it shall be brought low. It says, upon everything lifted up, that's a wall, that's pride, that's arrogance, that's I don't want nobody to help me, whatever it is. That's, it's, it says, and it shall be brought low. Upon all the cedars of Lebanon, that are high and lifted up, and upon all the oaks in Basham, upon all the high mountains, and upon all the hills that are lifted up, upon every high tower, and upon every fortified wall, upon all the ships of Tarshish, and upon all the beautiful slopes 
the loftiness of man shall be bowed down and the haughtiness of men shall be brought low the lord alone will be exalted in that day but the idols he shall utterly abolish well i don't think that means you let's keep reading verse 19 then they shall go into the holes of the rocks and into the caves of the earth from the terror of the lord and the glory of his majesty when he arises to shake the earth mightily everything that you holding on to if it ain't if you ain't got nothing and you ain't got nothing but your arrogance and your pride he gonna shake it he coming for that you might as well hand it over to him so much easier because he's coming for it because god is not gonna bless what's unclean he can't and that's why if you're looking for a blessing you gotta come clean because if you don't it's gonna all that can be shaken will be shaken amen hallelujah so verse 20 goes on to talk to us and it says in that day a man will cast away his idols of silver and his idols of gold if it's in your money and your whatever you have it says which they are made each for himself to worship 21 to go into the clefts of the rock and into the crags of the rugged rocks from the terror of the lord and the majesty of his and the glory of his majesty when he arises to shake the the earth mightily Look, avis can i get your uh thank you your, let me see what the mm-hmm. amplified says 21 to go into the craven the the caverns caverns of the rocks and into the cleft of the ragged rocks from before the terror and the dread of the lord from before the glory of his majesty when he rises to shake mightily and terribly the earth cease to trust in weak frail and dying man whose breath is in his nostrils for a short time in what sense in what sense can he be counted as having intricate worth in other words everything is perishing even people so god is saying don't put your faith and your trust in people amen so chapter 3 verse 18 let's start there i'm going to read from the amplified it says in that day the lord will take away the finery of their tinkling anklets and caps of network the crescent head ornaments in other words everything is being stripped god is going to see you naked no earrings and they're they're giving a natural example no earrings it's like when you get up in the morning looking ugly before you put on your makeup i know i do you don't want to see me when i get up i look rough and before you put your lipstick on and your earrings amen you know that people gonna have to deal with you the way your husband see you (laughs) oh me it says in verse 20 oh wait a minute 19 the pendants the bracelets or chains and the spangled face veils and scarves verse 20 the headbands the short ankle chains attached from one foot to the other to ensure measured measured gait 
the sashes, the perfume boxes, the amulet or charms suspended from the ear to the neck, the signet rings, the nose rings, <laughs> the fetal, the fetal robes, the cloaks, the stoles, and shawls, and the handbags, your Gucci, amen, or your MK, ain't going to help you. The hand mirrors, the fine linen, the fine linen meaning the undergarment, the turbans and the whole body enveloping uh, veils and the veils. It says, and it shall come to pass that instead of the sweet odor of spice, there shall be stench of rottenness because God is going to see you, pull you. He see he's going to take all of this stuff from you and show you you. That's to come before the blessing. That's the, what season we're in. That's why you feel like you're in the wilderness. Amen. Do you feel like you're there? Anybody? It's like if, if, if it's coming, why don't it just come? Because God still got some cleaning up to do. Amen. So you might as well let it go on your own. You know what? I heard this preacher say, uh, his happy call well. And I never forget it. He says, um, judge yourself. So the devil won't judge you. Judge yourself. In other words, be guilty and repent. Because if you're too stubborn to do that, because you want to, that's all you got is your pride, and that's what it all is, and that's all you got is your pride. Because the devil done took everything else from you. That's how it is. See, that's when you know the devil, you've been in pride, is when the devil rape you and take everything you got. Amen. And it don't take but one time for you to get there. And that when, once you go there once, you won't never go back. I know that's right. You won't never go back because it ain't worth it to stay intact. Who cares what people think of you? See, that's the devil in you telling you this crazy stuff. They don't, it's always, a, if it start with they, kill that devil. They looking at you. They trying to control you. That's a devil talking to you. And let me tell you why the devil does that. Because he want to rape you and take you, take everything you got. And he going to get it too. You don't change, he coming for it. Let me tell you. I know what I'm talking about. He going to take it. Because you going to let him. Because you setting yourself up for the kill. No, I don't want nobody in my business. You ain't got no business. Ain't none of us got no business. And anytime God want to expose us, he's going to do it. Because whatever is done in secrecy, God's going to expose it. Amen? Amen. So you might as well just be a normal person and live for God every day and do the best you can do. And when you mess up, repent and keep moving. And hope people forgive you, and you forgive them, and keep moving. And that's the best you can do, amen? Because hey, God is coming for that, for that thing. If it's your kids, coming for that. If it's your husband, he's coming for that. Trust me, I, I've been there too. And, and the bad part about it is I was a Baptist. Nobody ever told me. I didn't even know. I didn't know what was going on, but you think the devil care about who knows? He, he like it when you don't know because you don't see him coming. And he can sneak up in, in your business and pop you in the head and hit you a mighty blow. But God, but God, amen. 
But who wants to go through this unnecessary stuff? Once you learn, you don't ever go back to stupidity. And once you've been told, and whatever you've been told, see, I wasn't told. We, da, we didn't get teaching like this. You know, we got a, a bunch of show. And, you know, and I was right there. <laughs> hey, I was enjoying it because that's all I knew. But I didn't know the word. And that's why when you don't know the word, devil come in your house and pop you upside your head. Amen. But see, I don't let him in now. Amen. But God judges you by what you know, by what you've been told. He judges you by what you've been told. So if you know what's going on, he's expecting you to protect yourself. Amen. It says in verse 25, young men shall fall by the sword and your mighty men in battle. And Jerusalem's gates shall lament and mourn for those who wail for the dead. And she, being ruined and desolate, shall sit upon the ground. In other words, everything's coming down to rubble. Then build. Amen? Build up off of that. Amen? But everything that we're, all of our props, got to leave. Amen. And and as as bad as it gets is how bad you let it get because of your pride and arrogance. Because you think God can't get to you. He's really just trying to show you you. And he can do whatever he wants to do. Amen. But it's necessary. Because let me tell you why. Because if he just give you a blessing, you ain't going to keep it. And it won't glorify him. This is God's show. He want to be glorified. Be glorified. Amen. So God don't want us, this is why he wants us to cast aside the former things. Whatever you thought was making you happy, he, he don't want you involved in that. He wants you to release it and give it to him and let it go. Amen. Hallelujah. Get rid of the flesh, fleshly desires. And come clean with God. Stop being fake. So you can fool people, but you can't fool him. Be real and stop. As God says, stop the pretense. (laughs) Amen. Can't pour new wine in an old wineskin. That's in Matthew 9, 17. Don't consider the things of the past. We're starting fresh with God, which I'm so thankful Isaiah 43, flip on over. Forty-three, verse verse 18. It says, "Do not remember the former things." He don't even want them in your mind. Nor consider the things of old. That means the things dwelling on the past, thinking that ain't because they just bring anger. And you know what it does, thinking, dwelling on the past, the devil tells you, you ain't no good. Oh, see, you shouldn't have missed that. How'd you miss that? Always something. So God says, kick all of that stuff out because the devil, he don't play fair. Verse 19 says, behold, I'll do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? 
See, shall you not know it means, ain't you reading the signs of the times? Can't you feel what's going on in the spirit realm? Don't you hear from heaven? Have you been given a word? Amen. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beast of the field will honor me and the jackals and the ostriches because I give water in the wilderness and rivers. And See, it's like everything. God's going to show you that everything is subject to him, even us. Amen. Verse 20, the beast of the field will, will honor me. The jackals and the ostriches because I give them water in the wilderness and the river in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people I have formed her for myself. They shall declare my praise. See, God called us for him, not for things. When we get over things, we're going to see when he get finished stripping us, we're going to see that God just wants to enjoy our relationship. And it ain't about a car or a house or a, I mean, these things, God don't mind you having them as long as you get them from him. Because even if you don't get them from him, you ain't going to keep them. Just as simple as that. Unless you know some discipline, you've been taught some discipline, and you've been taught how to have things. But it still came from him. But God doesn't want us to get these things, prior things, that prior life that you had. He wants you to allow him to take that all from you so that he can give you something better, something greater. Amen. Because he wants you to declare his goodness. Amen. Let's see how far am I going. But when God says he'll make a way in the the wilderness although you're going through the stripping for the last time see we've been holding on let it go amen let things go and release them to god amen those things that you need release them to god and let him know that you are ready for the next step you're ready for him to bring the miracle to pass But when we let these things go, these things that we hold on to, bad attitudes, wrong thinking, that keeps us from seeing what God is doing. That's why we can't see in the spirit realm. That's why we don't see and we don't hear. And these things we like because they're familiar things, but they, they cripple us and they limit us. Even the way we think, what we think about others, you know, we have to let these things go. Amen. And let God deal with people. And forgive and move on. Amen. Hallelujah. Just the way we have to do. And this makes God, you know, people ain't getting away with nothing. Because God is a just God. Amen. Hallelujah. All of these things, when we release God, you know what you're really doing? You're releasing God's plan in your life when you release these things, these props. Amen. You release the plan. This is how you, well, God, I'm ready for the next step. God, look, and say, well, you ain't let go of that bad attitude or, you know, that bad this or that bad that or the way you think about a certain person or you haven't forgiven. See, all of this baggage. You can't go to the next step with baggage. You just, it's not going to happen. 
And that's why God always warns us what he's going to do, what's to come. The blessings is coming. I hear the abundance of rain. And it's going to, you know, rain blessings. But you can't get them if there's baggage. Amen? Because you still won't be happy. You ever seen these people, they got a little money, got a good job, they buy new stuff, they still ain't happy? It's because that's baggage. They still got baggage. And that baggage is not going to make you happy. You know, it can't. And so we need to cooperate with the plan of God. And what, how, do, how do I do that? By letting go of all of this stuff. Do like Elijah. He was on his knees before the Lord. Get in worship position and pray and release it to God. If you don't, I did that, do it again. If you know you're still carrying baggage, keep doing it until it leaves. Do it from your heart, not as a, um, see what some people do is they say, well, I'm going to follow instruction, but heart ain't right. Still hanging on to that stuff. And I'm just going to do what God tells you. And you've got the same bad attitude. It's still in there. And you got to allow God to clean you up, to move you on into the blessing. Amen. Amen. And when you do this, when you release these things, bad attitude, anger, you know, more mercy and more favor works in your life. That stuff ain't working in your life. It's not working. You know, you, it can't. And when you give these things up, these trinkets, you know. We release the plan of God in our for our lives. That's what happens. Amen. You can't even think like you used to think, thinking about the things of old. You got to believe that God's plan is good. His purpose for your life is a good. It's good. You got to agree with that. And the only way you can agree with it and mean it is to trust God. You have to trust God with your very life. It's like, am I scared? Uh-huh. Am I worried about what I don't know? Uh-uh. Because I know that God can hear me thinking. He knows what I like. He knows what I don't like. He knows what makes me upset. And he's not going to do that to me. Amen. He won't do that to me. I'll do that to me, but he ain't going to do that to me. He'll save me from me. Amen. That's what he's trying to do. That's that's where we all are. He's trying to save you from you. So all this, that's all that's going. Ain't no secret. That's all that's going on. Is he trying to save you from you? And all of this thinking and trying to figure things out and wondering why this stuff. It's because of your attitude. If you get your attitude cleaned up and get your heart right, God will tell you things that you know not. He'll share more with you, and you won't be so in the dark. And even things that he don't tell you, because he don't tell us everything, you'll be cool. You'll be peaceful. you say, whatever it is, God's got my back. And you don't worry about it, because you know God's got you. He knows what you like. He wouldn't give you a stone for a piece of bread. That's why that's in there. Like a father, a natural father, care for his children and give good gifts. Why on earth would he give you something bad? So if he's going to give you something that you're familiar with already, it's going to be right. It's going to be purged. They're going through the same thing. 
only worse because they don't know how to cry out. Amen. So don't ever look at what God has for you as something you ain't right. It's right. It's right for you. Amen. And see, when people go and find something on, on their own, they get second best and don't know it. But the devil con them and say, yeah, see, they, they don't want you to have nothing. They, 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 you know how that is. And they trying to get what God has for you to you. And they trying to get what God has for them. That's what they doing. Amen. But we got to believe that God has a good plan for our future, a future and a hope. That's why that, if you look that up, um, that scripture, it says a future and a hope. It don't just say a future. It says a future and a hope, an expected end. That's the definition, a future and a hope. So if he's given us hope, then why, that can't be bad. It's got to be what we need and what's going to work out for us. Amen. It's just got to work. It has to work because it's coming from God. Amen. So, no, we have to stop living mentally in the past. Amen. And think that's in agreement with God's plan. It's not. So, God, I'm tired of all of this stuff. And I just want what you have for me, and I'm going to trust you with it. I'm going to trust you that it's going to be good for me. And his plan for us is that expected end. And you need to see it. You're going to have to see it before you you get it. So that's what I'm here to tell you today. Sorry I took so long. (laughs) I went around the mulberry bush. But this is what God told me last night. You got to see it, just like Elisha saw those rain clouds. And it wasn't a cloud in the sky, but they came because it was already done in the spirit before it manifested in the natural. And what made it manifest in the natural was him seeing it in the spirit realm before it materialized. And so when he kept sending his servant back and finally, he said, I see a cloud about the size of a man's hand. That's a tiny cloud. But he saw it finally because faith came from Elisha to the servant because he said, well, if he keeps sending me out here, it must be out here somewhere. So he started looking through spiritual eyes. And he saw it. And when he saw it and came back and said, I see it, it's real little, but I think I see it. And when he did that, the Bible says it turned almost dark. Dark clouds just formed everywhere. And see, that's the way it is with your miracle. You got to see it, and you got to speak it, and you got to see it there. You have to have a vision. Amen? And it comes only from God, not the vision you have. You got to be willing to let your vision go and get the vision of God. And if God says it's going to rain, you've got to be able to see rain clouds. If, if the Bible says, I hear the abundance of rain, you've got to be able to hear abundance coming. Amen. All you've got to do is get on, on God's thinking level, and you can't get in his level of, on his level of thinking, thinking about the old thing. That's why he says, behold, I'll do a new thing. And so if you're still in the old, you're not going to hear the abundance of rain. 
You're not going to hear it. You're not going to hear it coming and you're going to miss it. Because you refuse to change. You refuse because you think that that voice that you normally think is God, you refuse to see it's like this. People don't want to be wrong. So if you're fighting to be right, you'll never hear the abundance of rain. You'll never see the cloud or whatever it is that God is. is this is Elijah's just an example. But whatever it is that God wants you to see in here, you won't if you don't give up what your plan is. See, a, a false plan, a natural plan and purpose, something that you think is fitting for your life, it... it <laughs> It ain't God because you thought it up. Is that making sense? You have to be willing to let it go. Well, uh, I'm just, you know, I don't know. It's okay. I don't know what to do. Read your Bible. Get to repent. Go help somebody. Go, go do something for somebody else. Amen. Until God speaks. Amen. I used to tell God, I don't know what to do. He said, well, he says, don't do nothing. Who told you you had to do something? Get in your words. Stay close to me. Amen. You got to set your mind. This is the other thing. Stop seeing circumstances. That's why you can't see God's plan and purpose if all you're looking at is bills and trouble and people who's making you angry see this is what the devil does to us he makes you he he makes you give people power in your life that's idolatry then well what am i doing why is god so why he ain't blessing me because you i got an idol and it's built up in your mind and you don't know that it's because you don't want to do it the right way. It ain't going nowhere. Does that make sense? Because if you don't, if you don't listen to reason and obey God, that thing ain't going nowhere. Well, I'm not letting nobody tell me what to do. Well, you won't get the blessing. See, some people think they're gonna get the blessing on top of staying the way they are. It'll never happen. You'll get something close, but you won't get the real thing. And after a while, how many of you know, it starts, you don't want it no more. Because <laughs> the false will get on your nerves some kind of way. You wind up kicking false out the door. Amen. Stop seeing your circumstances only. Stop letting the past determine your future. Look forward to new things. Stop letting your thoughts ruin your vision. Because the mind is a powerful thing. The Bible says set your mind and keep it set. Casting down imaginations and bringing every thought into the captivity of jesus christ that means when you know you're thinking wrong make it stop because god's given you the authority and the power to do it 
Make up your mind to go face to face with God. It's like, uh, what's his name? Turned his face to the wall. What's his name? Ezekiah. He said, come on, God, let's go face to face. And he just broke down. He didn't hide anything. He, he tore down that veil between him and God. He was sick of it because he wanted to live. How bad do you want to live? If you want to live, then you will do what's necessary. And it's so simple, it don't make sense. Because all you got to do is repent. All you got to do is relinquish your plans and pick up God's plan. That's all you got to do. It's so easy. But see, pride makes it so hard. And then you, you keep a dilemma in your mind. That's pride. Pride is always causing you to not be at ease because, and there's always a problem. And you don't want to, some days you don't want to deal with it. That's pride. Pride keep you fighting something, holding something back, or I don't want to deal with right now. This is what pride does. Pride keeps you putting stuff on the shelf to later. I don't want to deal with it. It's a problem in your life because you refuse to resolve it God's way. Am I talking to anybody? Y'all going to need this before the week is out. Amen. God says he'll give you beauty for ashes and joy for heaviness. And then God says he'll make us trees of righteousness. But you can't do it with baggage, with all of your props. You got to let everything go and stop being fake with God. We're talking about God Almighty here. You know, you got fears about your kids telling Quit pretending, because silence ain't golden. Amen. I'm pretending. Because only God can help you, and he will. He's got it all under control, and if you share it with him, then he'll let you in on some things. But, honey, you got to throw them rascals up on that throne. Amen. Yeah, y'all know what I'm thinking. You got to keep them on the throne. Man, because they ain't all all right. They all right. No, they ain't. Mine ain't. But they stay on that throne. And God helps them and blesses them because I keep them on the throne. Amen. I learn. And I I don't have to be beat down to to listen, but some people does. Amen. You got to be able to see in the supernatural realm. And get rid of those natural props that you think ain't there. All of these adornments. All of these people that give you these, you know, compliments man have a way of doing that sometimes it just ain't real sometimes it is sometimes it ain't god god picks your friends and he shows you who's real and who ain't 
And it ain't never who you want it to be. <laughs> and he does that on purpose. Amen. Because, see, he don't want your flesh to be feeling all that great. You've seen these people, they've taken alliance to one another. It's so childish. Amen. I tell my granddaughters, I said, leave them people alone. And they said, we don't fool with them, Gigi. We don't fool with them. Because they know they're better than some of them, most of them. Because it's very few Christians in the school system. Because the devil's about taking the school system over. He don't like truth in there. Took the prayer out, trying to take it out the courts so people, there's no justice. I mean, the devil's busy. But I'm, I'm just, don't ever think that what you do here on Saturdays is not. I mean, if you could just only know some of the things that's going on in Detroit improvements i i got this article i told somebody in here i don't remember and it was an article in the good housekeeping and it was talking about this girl this lady she's an actress and she's from michigan and she was did a seven page spread who does a seven page spread and it, and, she, and the thing says 48 hours in the motor city and it was just awesome. And she was like this in the magazine. Everything else was talking about the different things that's going on. And these. And her one picture, the biggest picture was at Cobo Hall. <laughs> Our old stamp stomping. And they remodeled it. And she took a picture there. And then all these little cafes. It was, And then it was uh, something. They had the Joe Lewis Arena. She took pictures there. It was just awesome, and everything that it mentioned, it was talking about the city, and it says Motown, it says, is the talk from New York City to L.A. Everybody's talking, and I'm telling you, that's from Rejoice Detroit. I'm telling you. Because that was a city that was, people shunned, it was embarrassing. People didn't say that they're from Detroit, but they're saying, and this lady was a white lady. And she said, my hometown, Michigan. I'm like, hey, God is doing so much. He's, he's given that, that. Because, see, this is what God showed me. And this was recently. I should have known it. And people was talking about that statue and this and that. I never could get that clear. But this is what the Lord showed me as I was reading this article. He was saying that, the, okay, the reason he blesses this country is because you notice when really, really bad things happen, like the Twin Towers, and one time at the stadium, this guy was knocked unconscious, and everybody was silent. You could hear a pin drop in that big, everybody, they showed pictures of people joined hands around that arena and prayed, and he got up. And see, for some reason, the people, we ought to be like this all the time, but there's things like prejudice and other things, issues that we need to get delivered of. But for the most part, when you have God on in your heart, you're going to band together, and our country does that. And we know to do that, amen? Everybody. All of these barriers are removed. 
when it comes to the things of God. And where else does this happen? Nowhere but in this country. And so when people, and feed the poor, nobody feeds the poor more than this country. And so when you lend to God, God's hand is on you. Now, God favors this country. The United States has favor on it, God's hand. That's why everybody's trying to get here. That's why everybody, they hate the country, but they want to live here. And so God was showing me about the Motor City. He says, Detroit helped make this country what it is, a prosperous country. It came that power, most of it, and a lot of it came through Detroit, Michigan, to build this country up to a great nation, and he favors it. And he never meant for for that city to be belittled and be the murder capital. Remember when it was the murder capital? It was just horrible. You didn't want to be associated with it. And I used to hate that it was so close. Like, you know. And then you look over the other way, there's Youngstown where the mobsters grew to a height and took over that whole city of Youngstown. And it was it's a um industrial city just like Detroit, but it was mostly a lot of factories that went under and then the mobsters took the whole city over. And if you didn't work for them there was no money coming in, no money coming out. And, that de- and they depleted that city. And I'm like, well, we're sitting right in there where, you know, devil's to the left of me, devil's to the right of me. <laughs> and so God's favor and his hand is on that city. And I thank God that my sister can hear in the spirit when it don't look like nothing, looks like something stupid to do. But she heard that cry from heaven saying build back up my city pray for my city and all the things that gone in the area that god has trusted us with very important and now people i'm so thankful the people in detroit is getting aboard and they're seeing that this is a great city that's strong and powerful and god's gonna give that city back what it's due proper respect amen hallelujah Amen. Because this is where the auto industry, and then because the auto industry is in Cleveland, it's because it started there. And then they put it in close uh, proximity of where the Motor City is. And God says that that city, a lot of wealth and the hard work and the labor and the sweat and the toil came from that city. And he said, I want to give it its proper um you know, like applaud, but that's not the word he used, but it's proper uh, whatever that word is. And so, Rejoice Detroit, and it started with uh, the re recession-proof prayers, and it went from that. And I noticed when we prayed, God made us start, uh, cover Detroit too. And then when the breakthrough came is when the government started to give those, that money out the stipends or whatever that money was, you know, to these auto companies lending to them, and some of the auto companies wouldn't take it. And I know GM paid their money back before the time that it was allowed to do it because they felt something. They said, we better get rid of this debt and not owe Caesar anything. And so it was so good how people caught on, leaders and people who live there and the auto industry came back so quick and that was from nothing but prayer nothing but prayer 
and so God says he's going to make that a great city again, and it's good. I'm just thankful that we're a part of it, and that people are, amen, people are catching on to it. And then, and and it said, I'm so glad, Barb told me to bring her the article, I forgot it, and the lady said, um, and then it was two photographers and the editor that made the trip with her. And this editor that wrote the story said that um, Motown is the talk from New York to L.A. Now, that's that's saying a lot. It's really saying a lot. And so um, I know it's nothing but the prayer. And if God, see, God is starting to show us, you know, the things that we pray for. So we'll know that it's not just something to do. And this place ought to be filled up. But when the reward comes. You know, we'll get people to want to be a part, and that's okay, too. If it's okay with God, it's okay with us. But don't ever think small about what you're doing because it's a big thing. And I'm so thankful that uh, pastors like uh, Pastor Tony Russell and and, uh, Prophet Waller and and, um, Jeff Staples, and they want to be a part of it because they see the vision. See, that's part of the scene. You gotta, you gotta see that vision. You gotta know, you know, and not think it's because when Pastor Barb mentioned it to me, she said, "I think I'm," and I, I just, it's like something ran through me. And she laughed. She said, "Well, that's what I needed because I, I didn't think I was gonna get that from anybody." I said, "This is big." I said, "We want to be a part." I said, "We gotta be there because this is huge." And so she said, well, if you say it's huge, then okay. <laughs> you, know, you know how you just need that confirmation. But, man, when she said that, it's like something just went all through me. And I'm just so thankful that God is. And then I heard, I know I'm taking up time. You can cut this off. Is it off? Is it off? Okay. I heard 